Everyone, welcome back to the Daily Blend Show. This is the Friday Top 5 segment, but no, you are not crazy. We ended up missing recording this, so it's going to be the Monday Top 5. If you are new around here, the Friday Top 5 segment is where I feature five things that I thought were interesting, notable, and culture. Basically, it's just a combination of five things that I thought were really pretty interesting and cool that I thought you should check out and enjoy. As always, you can get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and you can check us out on the web at dailyblend.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at dailyblend, that's D-A-I-L-E-Y. And with all that said, let's jump into this week's episode. So the first story is coming in from my new adopted soccer team, the Chicago Fire. For the last couple years, I've become a Bulls fan. I've finally become a Cubs fan. I've become even a Bucks fan only because I live in between Milwaukee and Chicago, a couple minutes closer to Chicago, but both are almost to the minute, uh, the same distance, and a Brewers fan, and if you haven't been to Brewers Stadium, it is one of the, I will call hidden gems, I don't know if you'd call it a hidden gem, but it was, it was pretty awesome to be inside uh, for a baseball game. Anyway, back to the story at hand, the Chicago Fire has been one of the founding MLS teams they actually built, I believe it was a soccer purpose stadium or just a smaller stadium uh, closer to the White Sox uh, facility. And for someone who lives north of the city, it's just a bit of a trek to get all the way down to downtown, much less through downtown, and then even further to their stadium. So last year they had a few games at Soldier Field. And I'd actually seen a U.S. national team game, or maybe it was an EPL season premiere. No, I can't remember. But I've seen a soccer game at uh, the the uh, stadium there, and it's a fantastic at-seat experience. I think, uh, you know, for any stadium that doesn't have ice cream for kids, I mean, it's like, come on, Soldier Field, get it together. But... Um, yeah, I, I saw a game last year. It was uh, it was pretty fantastic. It was you know fifty yard line or center field, however you want to think about it, uh, a couple rows up, and uh, I really enjoyed it this year. Uh, I haven't bought any uh, seats yet, but uh, I'm hoping to get a few games where I'm actually on the field. It's one of the few stadiums that I'm aware of that you can actually purchase uh, tickets that are uh, at the field level. So looking forward to checking that out. And uh, the Fire, much like many of the other teams this year, have released new jerseys. I, I don't know the pattern, but I'm guessing now, just like thinking about it and watching and kind of being somewhat cognizant, they do every year or every two or three years, they do the home jersey, and then alternating years, they do away. Uh, this year, they're doing all new uh, jerseys uh, for their second kit. So usually you have your home kit and the second kit. And this is much more of a, you know, where I've seen a lot of other teams go with their jerseys. It's it's definitely a jersey. There's definitely some texture and, you know, some stability to it. But, uh, you know, it doesn't have a big collar. Uh, they have won a championship. I'm not sure when they actually won that. I need to look that up. But they've got the star in the middle or above the 
the logo if you've been paying attention they uh they had this crest for many years and then they went to this chicago fire handwritten kind of hipster looking logo that was just terrible and they did a mid-season swap i think last year to a more of a circular design with their uh, c and star in the, the middle the jerseys look great i'm probably going to pick up a home and away jersey. I loved the blue jersey from last year, and I kind of want to pick that up. But uh, this white jersey looks great. It's got hints of uh, Daily Blend blue in it and this uh, sort of you know off red that complements the Daily Blend blue. It's really, ironically, it's pretty much the, the color palette that we've created for Daily Blend. So if you are in the Chicago area, all home games that I'm aware of are going to be at Soldier Field this year. Uh, the Major League uh, has done a fantastic job of signing contracts with Apple, so you're going to be able to stream a lot more of the content on Apple TV. Looking forward to that. And uh, if you are in the town, March 4th at 7.30 is the home opener. I'm going to try to make it. we got a bit of a doubleheader for me sports-wise. We've got in Milwaukee, St. John's basketball playing up there. I think the game's going to be at 1.30, and if, fingers crossed, I'm going to try to get back downtown for New York City FC for the home opener this Saturday at 7.30. Uh, links to the Instagram, website, store, and tickets are on dailyblend.com, just in case you were wondering. All right, keeping the uh, show moving, if you will. The second story I am very excited about, which is PXG has launched the Extreme Premium Golf Ball. If you follow golf, if you play in golf, over the last, I'll call it eight, maybe ten years, PXG has come onto the scene in a very big way. PXG is Parsons Extreme Golf. It was created by... The founder of GoDaddy, yes, the guy that uh, made everyone build websites maybe 15 years ago. I think I've been a GoDaddy customer for maybe almost 20 years. And uh, he's a huge golfer. And uh, he didn't find, my, my hypothesis, or I think I've read this, is that he kind of created this brand because he didn't like the equipment and maybe didn't appreciate the fact that some of the golfing communities or golf world didn't love his brash uh, and I think that's a pretty apt description. Anyway, they hired away some design team members from other golf brands. They built a facility in America for design and I believe manufacturing. And during the pandemic, I'm paraphrasing, I need to go actually find some of this data, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got this right, that during the pandemic, because they weren't uh, suffering from some of the same supply chain logistics challenges that uh, some of their competition was faced with over in Asia and getting product across the seas and into the ports because of uh, you know the, the the lockdown. They were able to actually meet demand. And if you remember during COVID, it was one of the few sports that you could actually go and play outside. Uh, by yourself and sort of with friends, uh, just supposedly, you know, keeping your distance. So golf had a resurgence during COVID. You add that coupled with the fact that you've got this great rivalry now heating up between the PGA and Live, which is a, a alternative golf league to the PGA. 
And uh, golf is really seeing a bit of controversy, and I just love it. It's making both, you know, the live events better and the PGA events actually become better. More of the superstars are are playing in the big events. And the fact that uh, PXG is launching a new golf ball just makes me really fired up. We're, you know, only a couple weeks into the season, getting ready for the Masters here uh, in uh, a few weeks. And if you know anything, PXG makes fantastic golf sticks. I haven't, I can't speak for the drivers, but the putters and the irons are fantastic. One would assume that the balls would also be fantastic. So uh, I'm going to be heading over to PXG to go try some of the Gen 3, Gen 4, Gen 5 irons to maybe uh, pick up some new stuff for the year. And I'm definitely going to go pick up a couple sleeves of these new extreme premium golf uh, golf balls. The next story is talking about 50 Cent on celebrating the 20th year of Get Rich or Die Trying. Uh, I lived in Jamaica, Queens, or Queens, and my school was in Jamaica, Queens. And 50 Cent was coming out at the time I was in college. It was pretty interesting to see just how quickly he went from mixtapes that you would buy at bodegas to song on the radio to music videos to pretty much everywhere it doesn't hurt the fact that he kind of linked up with eminem dre and jimmy Iovine. all of them have had six you know crazy success and they were almost in that like music production vehicle um and then you add the sort of charismaticness to 50 cent and it was just like you know, he just kept on putting out more and more and more, got bigger and bigger, both in terms of 50 Cent as an artist and then him with G-Unit and the subsequent artists that were on that label, his G-Unit clothing brands, and then all of the other ventures he's been doing. I think most notably, it was the sell of vitamin water to, I think it was Coca-Cola and he got 400 million. That was what it was reported. Anyway, He's been becoming more and more of a music producer, and there was this just fantastic 45-minute interview with MSNBC where he joined Ari Melber to discuss his new uh, television broadcast deal with Fox for 2024 uh, election, plus, you know, obviously talking about the album and, um, you know, just new content on one of his new shows called The Beat. So my guess is that there are a number of projects that he is producing and developing that will be first right of refusal to Fox based on what he said in the interview and then could go somewhere else if Fox passes. But, uh, you know, expect more from him as he continues to evolve as an artist and a content creator. And I use that in really broad strokes and hats off to him for the Uh, 20-year anniversary to what has become one of my favorite uh, hip-hop albums of all time. I thought it was just pretty darn good and really holds up. All right, jumping from 50 Cent and talking about the 20-year anniversary of his album. All right, moving from 50 Cent and hip-hop to the world of DJing. So I featured a video, about a 45-minute interview from the DJ Vault. It's with Joe Bunn and Sean Hansa and Jim Tremaine. So I've known Jim for the better part of 20 years. I was an intern working for Jim during my undergrad or grad, I can't ever remember. Uh, I worked for a magazine called DJ Times and 
got to travel around the country and over to Ibiza to work for Jim and the magazine reporting on DJ culture. It was one of the more fantastic experiences of my life. The magazine DJ Times, uh, I believe, still exists. The original publisher passed away unexpectedly, I believe. And uh, since then, Jim, Sean, and others have created a new magazine and a new uh, um, publishing company. And as a component of that publishing company, they have a new uh, event that is out called the DJX. So they have the magazine, which is called DJ Life Mag, and they have an event called DJX. And so the interview really focuses on the three of them sort of talking about kind of how these events all got started, what they're like, kind of a little bit of uh, background on each of them as it relates to both the DJ industry and then for Sean, who was much more in the fashion industry until recently, just, you know, what he learned in terms of creating and executing large conferences. And it's it's just really um, fun to see on a personal level how this industry has bounced back after covid and just people have come back to live events. People want to connect. People want to shake hands. People want to you know meet people. People want to interact in person. And not everything is all digital all the time. So you know if you are interested in just kind of the history of some of these events and kind of the the history of the you know the world that is DJing, uh, have a listen to this interview. You'll get a you'll get a get not a kick, but you'll enjoy it. And uh, also, if you are in Atlantic City or you live nearby, they're they're starting to already promote the DJX uh, show that will go on uh, this summer. And uh, yeah, go check out uh, DJ Life Mag. Uh, I'm going to be continuing to write uh, product reviews in that magazine and uh, hopefully do a little more on the content creation with both Sean and Jim. So the next story is really an internet story of sorts. So a friend of mine is a stylist. Her name is Rachel. Uh, Her company is called, I think, Rachel Styling is her website. And Rachel, if I've got that wrong... You can DM me after the show and tell me that I've got it wrong and we'll fix it for next show. Anyway, she was doing some styling for one of her customers and showed these fantastic shoes that were just clean lines, minimal branding, looked perfect for you know my style, just really clean, uh, really good looking. And I was like, who are these shoes? And she DMs me back. It's called Yorth Athletics Manufacturing. And uh, I was just like, wow, I, I dig these. And so I dig a little more digging into the company. Uh, it's pretty cool. There are three generations deep in terms of creating these based out of New England. They started in 1946. And their their big kind of tagline is that the way um, that their family has been outfitting athletes around the world to perform at their best The way we have done that has evolved and adapted to the times, but the one thing that remains constant, we are proud, independent New Englanders who fight every day for our customers. I love it. So their first gen, uh, so not the shoes, but they did, they on their website, they did something that I thought was neat and talked about the three different generations. So in 1946, they launched with um, Henry uh, Spaulding and his wife, Viola, uh, and they were doing um, 
Indian head shoe manufacturing company became the manufacturing performance footwear for athletes like NFL Hall of Famer Johnny Uantis. I should not say his name. Uh, and gold medalist Peggy Fleming. Uh, manufacturing took place in RG Sullivan's 724 Cigar Factory Building in Manchester, New Hampshire, which remains in the York family to this day. That is pretty cool. Then it moved over into Gen 2 into the 1980s, where Dawn and Haley, uh, Henry Spaulding's uh, daughter, uh, York played the factory outlet store in Manchester, New Hampshire, into a sporting goods retailer serving as a complete school team and family sporting outfitter. Indian head athletics and York family outfitted the sporting community with equipment, team uniforms, custom embroidery for almost 40 years before retiring in 2018. It's got it's that's really just cool. And then in 2016, Travis and Kyle York, Don and uh, Gail Sun teamed up with the footwear industry heavyweight Mark McNary, think like uh, Nike and Puma, to launch York Athletic Manufacturing, an independently owned footwear brand that produces and markets performance footwear for everyday fighters. Footwear styles are all named after Gen 1 and Gen 2 family members. That's pretty cool. So you've got the Henry, the Via, the Gale, the Frank, playing homage to three generations' legacy in sportswear. So I thought these were, like, I thought, first of all, I love the shoe, as I mentioned. Um, I love the storyline here. I know I totally botched a couple people's names there. But the uh, the Henry Runner is just a really cool runner with hints of leather. Obviously, you can do some running in it. I just thought it looked kind of cool to kind of bump around and get some coffee. The Gale Recovery Trainer was a big favorite of mine, and the Frank Trainer White with Brown Leather was probably my favorite out of the lot. But uh, check them out on Instagram and on the web. I look forward to getting my first pair. I, I still haven't decided which one I'm going to get for the first one, but I'm leaning towards... Maybe these uh, gray with brown leather hints. The problem is we're kind of coming up out of the winter season, getting towards spring. So I don't know. Might have to go with a little more meshy of a shoe. But um, yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in. That sort of wraps it up for this week's episode. You're going to know a couple things uh, on the website that we've changed over the last week. We've added, we've gone from the uh, the newsletter at the bottom of every post saying we're going to do weekly. We're just going to probably go into a monthly newsletter. Um, it, it just makes more sense in terms of just the content we're putting out. Uh, we're also uh, going to, we changed sort of the metadata. And so we've separated some of the content from the Friday Top 5 and the Weekly Rundown. It's still pulling from the same place, but if you have any old links, those might have accidentally broke as we're just sort of changing around some of our metadata. And um, be on the lookout for episode number four of Negronis with Greg. That should launch later this week. And thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to the show. Download us on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, YouTube. And enjoy your week since we are on Monday. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the weekly rundown.